Humans don't like to change their behavior unless there's a really clear reason to do so. So you have to create a burning platform and you have to create a strong vision so that the people being impacted know where the organization is going. Thank you for listening to Value-Based Care Insights, a podcast by Lumina Health Partners. I'm your host, Shelley Chopra. The series is for healthcare leaders and organizations navigating the journey to value-based care and the ever-changing landscape of our industry. Our goal in this series is to bring to you disruptive success strategies for healthcare organizations, leveraging our experience and having worked with some of industry talk experts and thought leaders. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to invite you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think about our episodes and also questions that might be top of your mind. You can leave us feedback on our website, www.luminahp.com. My co-host and managing principal of the firm, Daniel Moreno, will discuss his take on why it is important for organizations to bring focus on clinical variation strategies to manage and reduce the cost of operations. Joining him is our principal, John Malone, who shares various data-driven approaches to manage variations in the processes, trainings, and operational execution across service lines that leads to increased cost for the organization. So let's get started. Dan, turning to you. Great, thanks, Shelley. John, welcome, glad you're here. Thanks, Dan, it's great to be here. Look, looking forward to this. So John, when we're talking to folks around the country, as we brought up on, on previous podcasts, there's been a couple of definite themes that have emerged. The first one really is around margin enhancement, where we're really starting to see organizations and in particular leaders maximizing their revenue potential from their existing contracts, making sure they, their revenue cycle is as strong as it could be to ensure the right level of collection. And that seems to be a pretty big focus, but really a close second there is reduction of cost for these organizations. Interesting though, when I've talked to a lot of the CFOs, they're, they're struggling a little bit with how to approach cost. Many of them have reduced a lot of their staffing, um, have cut basically all the services that they can cut without really restricting the delivery of, of patient care anymore. And what they're focusing on is reducing the level of clinical variation and doing it in such a way that it, it includes a lot of process development. It helps them begin to reduce costs. And it really does start to align the physicians with a lot of the, the outcomes in the delivery, the care delivery models, if you will. So I, I know you've done a lot of work in this area. You know, start by talking for those that may not necessarily understand what clinical variation is, kind of give a little bit of a background on, on some of the things that you've seen related to clinical variation, and in particular, how clinical variation has really helped to improve the delivery of patient care. Yeah, thanks, Dan, that's a great question. The, um, the place I would start is that clinical variation reduction has been gaining popularity because there, there, as you mentioned earlier, there's been a lot of effort to reduce operating costs like labor and non-labor in, in an effort to improve margins. And they've t many, of our org many of our clients and other organizations have already um, sort of chopped off the low-hanging fruit, if you will, on those kinds of improvement programs. 
And so they're looking for another way in which they can improve their margins. And clinical variation reduction is, is kind of surfacing as uh, the next frontier, if you will, in margin improvement. And it has the, the distinct advantage of being um, focused on both cost reduction, revenue improvement, as well as quality improvement. So you can, you can attack all three of those buckets simultaneously, which is really good in both the traditional fee-for-service environment that really helps you know, performance in that environment, as well as performance in the fee-for-value uh, fee uh, value-based world where the, the incentives uh, are aligned to uh, work with physicians to understand variation and uh, begin to address it. Well, and a couple of organizations have really seen quite a bit of success. One that comes to mind is Providence Healthcare out in Oregon. Um, I was at a presentation not too long ago where they um, focused on a lot on clinical variation around improvement in perioperative services. Another one that has been in the news over the last year is Methodist Lombonaire that's out in, I believe, Memphis, Tennessee, they had a great write-up in modern healthcare where they shown that they've been able to reduce um, costs by somewhere in the range of about $800,000 by really putting in place stronger processes to reduce that level of clinical variation. So when you look at these organizations and you start to look at what the potential is for them on being able to identify these cost savings, um, talk about where they would start, right? Because it's not really around a lot of the labor and, you know, some of the non-labor, you know, certainly you can achieve some level of improvements, but where do you see organizations starting as they're thinking about really approaching clinical variation reduction? Dan, that's a, that's a great question. There are three critical success factors to successfully driving a clinical variation reduction program. The first is you've, you have to have great analytics, granular analytics, and uh, that involves pulling together financial, clinical claims data, other operational data into a platform such that you can slice and dice down to a granular level of detail um, and to, in order to identify exactly where variation is occurring and how much variation is occurring and where to target your improvement efforts. So that's the, the first. The second is you have to have really strong for, uh, physician participation. So physician engagement in a clinical variation reduction program is critical. Um, the, 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 thir the third item then is organizational change management. Humans don't like to change their behavior unless there's a really clear reason to do so. So you have to create a burning platform you have to create a strong vision so that the people being impacted know where the organization is going. And you have to have a really effective plan that you can articulate about how you're going to get there and also how you're going to measure your progress as you go. So starting off to answer your question about where do you start, you've got to start with having those ingredients in place. And uh, recent research has, has come out indicating that um, in, in this case, according to the advisory board, there's an opportunity to reduce two or three percent of your unwanted clinical variation, uh, two or three percent of revenue. So on a billion dollar revenue base, that's 20 to 30 million dollars is, is uh, possible to achieve. And um, 
I have a few war stories I'll share uh, as we go here about successes that uh, yeah. that we've seen with our clients. Yeah, and in when I've talked to organizations, um, those that have been successful in reducing clinical variation and have started to identify some cost opportunities, what they found is not only have they delivered better patient care, more efficient patient care, but it's made their staff much more efficient. You know, there's one academic organization we had worked with at some time, and they probably spent, I don't know, let's say 20 to 30% of their day on unnecessary meetings, just inefficiencies that occurred within operations. And those are some of the things that clinical variation solves for. It makes the team much more effective. It certainly makes the physicians more effective. Um, but I do think you brought up a very good point. It really does come down to the physician governance and the physician engagement. I think if you have a real strong physician leader who starts to, who has that vision of improving the care delivery model and reducing that level of variation that occurs, then I think there's a strong opportunity for the whole organization to really come on board. And you start to see some of those improvements and it doesn't have to be boiling the ocean. You could start small, but it does, you know, it would significantly contribute to a lot of that improvement. Yeah, when, when we've seen clinical variation reduction programs executed effectively, there's a combination of an excellent top-down uh, approach driven by medical staff and executive leadership, um, supported by excellent communications so that all of the individuals impacted by needing, you know, needing to make changes in processes and ordering patterns. They understand exactly um, how important it is to the organization. And you also see from the bottom up, interdisciplinary teams, again, comprised of physicians and other clinicians and other care delivery people to um, build from the bottom up uh, the, the people on the ground working effectively together to redesign care processes, understand um, evidence-based medicine, protocols, order sets, pathways, in order to redesign the way care is delivered to address the variation that's been identified by those granular analytics. You know, I was talking to one CFO not too long ago, and this organization in particular was really struggling with the segment of the population that significantly contributed to readmissions through the emergency department. And this particular organization, what they found out was that um, the way that they were managing CHF patients, and in particular, the high complex patient CFF, CFS patients, was really across the board. There was no consistency. And what they found was that lack of consistency forced patients, because they really had no alternative, forced patients to show up at the emergency room. Can you talk for just a few minutes on some of the savings categories? What do you see as sort of benefits to these organizations as they're starting to put clinical variation strategies and initiatives in place? Yeah, yeah, that CHF example is, a, is an interesting one. Um, there's, there's a number of buckets of improvement opportunities that clinical variation programs typically uncover. So from, and it's really the three big categories of cost, revenue, and quality. From a cost perspective, we're able to look at the savings opportunity from reducing resource consumption. So the granular analytics point you to lab, pharmacy, 
imaging, supplies, as well as being able to slice and dice that data with cost data by specialty, physician, DRG, ICD-10, procedure code, um, all the way down to the granular, granular level so that you can um, identify specifically what the cost drivers are. But there, there, there's always a component of resource consumption that would, be, that would be a part of it. There's also, from a cost perspective, the length of stay and excess days and throughput issues, as well as when you look across the continuum of care, starting to look at readmission rates, as well as um, leakage and per member per month spend in value-based contracts. So there's, there's a number of cost elements there while simultaneously looking at the revenue side of the equation where you can improve documentation and, and produce better results um, in terms of the, the revenue generated through documentation. And some of our clients actually are at full capacity. So if they can improve throughput and, and get more patients through, there's a, a potentially very significant impact on additional revenue for them. Those along with all the quality measures that are typically included in, in um, some kind of an improvement program. So depending on, you know, if it's, if it's gonna be the heatest measures that are important to, to the plans or quality measures used in the quality payment program or MIPS, all of those would be determined, you know, the key quality measures would be determined by the physicians. And, and very importantly, I, I haven't mentioned yet, scorecards, the use of scorecards to track progress against these quality measures, the cost measures that were identified and uh, length of stay and other quality measures. Me measuring all that, reporting on it monthly, and uh, getting physicians to uh, sit and, and review their results is uh, a critical part of the process. So I would think care management is critically important to the process, right? So even, you know, Absolutely. we often talk about uh, putting in place a strong value-based care contract one of the things that I often say is you can negotiate the best contract in the world, but if you don't have efficient care management that helps guide the patient all the way through that continuum of care, your chances of being successful in that contract, you know, go down dramatically. I would think the same would hold true with clinical variation. Care management, in my mind, is sort of that infrastructure driver that allows both the physicians the staff and the patient for that matter to come together identifying what is the most efficient path, if you will, to achieve the best level of outcomes. And in do so doing, you're actually reducing the cost, making yourself more efficient. Yeah, and that extends out into the uh, post-acute world too, when you're thinking about managing overall spend and, and trying to uh, improve the performance of the full continuum of care, including you know, skilled nursing facilities and home health agencies and um, all of the post-acute world where you're, you know, if you're thinking about it from a, an inpatient transitioning out into the, back into the community, the care management processes around that are absolutely critical. And in fact, going back to the CHF example you brought up earlier, um, we, we happen to know that in that scenario, there, there was a sort of a, a handoff that was commonly missed um, because they did not have good analytics to identify the high-risk patients. And so the handoffs didn't always occur, which resulted in those patients ending up back in the ER, which is obviously what we're trying to avoid. So, yeah, absolutely, care management's a critical aspect of it. 
You know, one of the things you brought up earlier, which is an important outcome to clinical variation reduction, depending upon the organization, there is an opportunity to increase your fee-for-service revenue while you're putting in place all of these initiatives to prepare yourself for value-based care. And clinical variation reduction really does help you support that. I think the other thing that um, is interesting, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, engaging the physicians and aligning the physicians is critically important to the success of clinical variation reduction. Um, But it's also important to make sure that all the right initiatives and the vision are aligned. Are you seeing certain circumstances where, say, there's an incentive in place for physicians to be aligned with some of the clinical variation reduction, or maybe there's a compensation opportunity that providers would get from, let's say, sharing in the financial opportunities, if you will, by creating these, these efficiencies through costs, you know, clinical variation reduction? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunity now that maybe didn't exist you know, six, eight, 10 years ago uh, for physician alignment with incentives. Uh, because of the trend of physicians becoming employed, that gives you an opportunity that, to uh, really create new and, and unique incentives as employees. And the, the shift to value, all of the uh, various uh, value-based programs, um, the shared savings program, the, the various episode-based programs are all designed to improve the working relationship between physicians and the, uh, the acute and uh, post-acute providers in such a way that um, the more effective uh, financial and quality results uh, allows for the creation of savings that can be shared across the medical staff and, and the other providers. So um, it's really a unique opportunity, a unique opportunity organizations have now to create incentives that um, just really weren't allowed before. I think we're going to start to see more and more focus, more and more organizations focus on clinical variation reduction. In my mind, they just really have to because you can only reduce your operating expenses so much. You can only reduce your staffing so much. You know, if you continue to go down that path, you're cutting services. So the next logical step on cost cutting is to make things much more efficient and to put in place these clinical variation reduction elements. Um, John, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate the conversation. Any closing comments, thoughts that you would like to mention to the audience today? Maybe just a couple quick things. You know, just uh, last October, the, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association came out with an updated study on the amount of waste in the U.S. And um, the authors identified that there's somewhere between 760 billion to 935 billion dollars of waste in our system. I, I, I understand that's about 30 percent, um, which is still a big, big number. And um, so there's, there, organizations are hearing about <clears throat> all of this waste. They're hearing about opportunity to address unwarranted variation, and yet it's not widely known how to go about doing it. Uh, one example I, I had recently with a two-hospital, 500-bed system in the mid-Atlantic, uh, they were experiencing operating losses, and they wanted to try something different. So we identified uh, 25 paid and private surgeons and hospitalists um, with the goal of improving their, their cost and, and revenue and quality 
and um, we were able to have a pretty pretty impactful uh, result with them after working with them for about a year and using scorecards to measure quality, length of stay, patient revenue, and, and um, resource consumption, we were able to, over time, uh, save about $3.1 million with the surgeons and $1.9 million with the hospitals for a total improvement of about $5 million across the board. And oh, that, was, uh, that was a, a, a good result. There's many examples like that out there. And I guess I would just close with something that just just came up last week and um, in modern healthcare, there's, there's the Institute of Healthcare Improvement out there and their, their leadership alliance, which includes executives from Memorial Care, Providence and Health Partners. They're, um, they're starting an initiative to save $500 billion by reducing waste in the, in the US healthcare system. And they're, they're calling on organizations nationwide to help do this and they have seven strategies uh, as a focus, and, and one of their strategies is reducing clinical variation. So this just keeps coming up over and over again as a key strategy for uh, the, the industry to move towards next in our ongoing effort to uh, improve quality, reduce costs, and increase value. Yeah. Well, we're going to continue to talk about this. Um, I agree with you. I feel quite strongly that clinical variation reduction not only is going to provide much more efficient care for our patients, but it certainly is going to take unnecessary costs out of the system. So a couple of things I just want to remind the audience on our discussion today. You brought up some great points, John. I think the first one to really start slow and be, be very prescribed in your approach, um, whether it's perioperative services or there's you know, a particular DRG or something of that nature. If you can start to really understand where to start, track your outcomes um, you start to then create opportunities around change manager for the organization. The second thing you brought up, which I thought was great, was, there, was really the need for physician engagement and physician governance. Without strong physician leadership and guiding this, I think it's a real, it's a real challenge for success. And then third is, or third to that is really establishing the culture, right? You have to have the culture of change management. So again, starting slow, being very prescribed in your approach, celebrating your successes, I think is key to that change management process. And I think as organizations start to engage in these levels of clinical variation, they're gonna see some, some pretty considerable cost savings. And again, at the end of the day, it's really about delivering more efficient care to our patients, and this is the opportunity. So thanks again, John. Really appreciate your time. Um, Shelly, love to turn it over to you. That was great discussion, gentlemen. Great points. Thank you. I also want to thank the listeners for tuning into our episode of Value-Based Care Insights podcast by Lumina Health Partners. We at Lumina are your partners in the journey to value-based care. To learn more about us, visit us on our website, luminahp.com. And if you found today's conversation valuable, subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms and leave us feedback. To learn more about the topic of clinical variation and to see the show notes, do visit our website at luminahp.com. You can also leave us feedback or contact us via our website. Join us again next time, wherein Dan dives in further into the clinical variation with other industry experts who have successfully led endeavors in helping organizations optimize cost reduction 
and standardize across service lines. Until then, have a great day.